Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. All right. This is your host tonight, special guest host, Coach Dan. I can't believe it tonight. JB has let me play here. Um, Mitch is doing very important things in Utah, important to the state of Utah. JB is just coming back from vacation. And, uh, you know, when, when JB's away, the kids like to play. So tonight, you know, Mitch and I are always talking about best ball and DFS. But we're not going there. But the next best thing right now, Scott Fishbowl. It is Scott Fishbowl time, ladies and gentlemen. Scott Fishbowl 12. Not everyone's in Scott Fishbowl, so I still want to make this a show for everybody here. And all of us that play Dynasty very often say, you know, i got to get rid of this Dynasty thinking and get ready for redraft when we have our home leagues. Uh, my guess is most of our Dynasty community is playing in home leagues coming up. I know a chunk of us are in Scott Fishbowl 12. For those not familiar with Scott Fishbowl, I'm not going to get into all the details, but it is like the world's largest redraft charity league. Um, it is there's no entry. You've just got to be selected out of a pool. There is a large pool of analysts, a select pool of fans. This year, there's 2,500 to 3,000 participants. So you're playing for pride in a good cause, a great cause, as um, proceeds, different ways throughout this proceeds are raised. And it all goes to Toys for Tots and also other charities that we participate in as fantasy football players. We encourage others to you know, send a, a part of a donation um, from your home league to a charity and so forth. Um, I won't get into all the scoring. If you want to check it out, go to scottfishbowl.com, click on rules, and you'll see this year's scoring. Hey, Wes, I see Wes is there in the chat. All of our listeners tonight in the chat, fire away questions, and I'll be glad to answer them as we go. I'm going to share my screen shortly and as I get into the Scott Fishbowl draft. But again, we're looking at a little bit of some dynasty spins tonight. But hey, when we're in our home leagues or we're in Scott Fishbowl, what do we do when we got to shift that dynasty brain over to redraft? Want to be able to dive into it. And Scott Fishbowl scoring is a 22-man roster, 11 starters. There is a heavy emphasis on quarterback as you are penalized for incompletions and interceptions. So efficient quarterbacks are very important and maybe similar to our super flex concept in Dynasty where we start two quarterbacks. They're going early and often in drafts, so you're not going to want to slide too much. If you are, you are playing with fire and rolling the dice. It is awesome to see a lot of different strategies. I don't think any one of us uh, has the perfect strategy or else, you know, we'd be like the expert of the Scott Fishbowl. There's been no uh, repeat winners over the years. And again, you're competing against 2,500 to 3,000 participants, so you have to be different. So quarterback's big, tight end, premium, you know, so their scoring is elevated a little bit. Um, it's half point PPR. Um, you do have an opportunity to start a kicker. I'm normally anti-kickers, but you have that opportunity in the Scott Fishbowl. Um, no team defense. So with that, I'm going to dive right into it, and I'm going to share my screen here and look at the draft that I did. Most Scott Fishbowls right now are anywhere between rounds 4, 5 to 9, 10. Some are moving slower or faster than others. Um, in my case, I did a live draft on Sirius XM Radio on Sunday. Uh, just a great, awesome experience with a competitive group of dudes. And I actually got to log in here. My apologies. And should have done this before the show. ABB is probably busting me behind the scenes right now. Hopefully I can remember my passcode. Normally I am on my Safari browser, but I have got to log in through Google Chrome for our podcast. And as you can see, I have temporarily forgot my passcode. So this might take a couple tries. Apologize, but I will ramble while I'm looking to log in. And yeah, let's see, maybe second time the charm. No, it is not. All right, let's do maybe third time. I'm going to do this a little bit differently. I know what I got to do here. Give me, oh, I'm able to get in without even logging in. Look at that. No, I'm not. This has got me going to someone else's draft. So I got to get a little creative here. I do have the screen opened in Safari. So hopefully I could just copy and paste and slide it over. Good thing it's early in the show. So bear with me here right now. My listeners should be able to see the screen. Uh, I'm going to 
I just change what I'm putting in here. This was the Scott Fish Bowl main event. And as you can see, I, it was in the Metropolis, Metro, Metrop, Metropolis division there, a little Superman theme. And we had Shane is the worst in there from the Dynasty Trades. We had Ray Flowers from Sirius XM. Ray's pretty popular. And then he drafted a heck of a team. We had one fan. Most Scott Fishbowls in a 12-team division have three fans and nine analysts. We had 11 analysts. Um, but Jonathan Sale, one of the fans, you could tell he was on our game like a lot of the listeners are in our Patreon. I mean, we got some sharp guys in there. Um, Jonathan, as a fan, really brought it. Um, Matthew Jackson from Dynasty Happy Hour, myself, Pierre Wilson from Fantasy Impact Today, Doug Orth from FF Today, Matt Don Donnelly from Dynasty Vipers, um, Drew Davenport from Football Guys. We all love Drew's uh, legal analysis. And uh, Calvin Kay from Second and Goal, Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani, and then Dr. Roto, um, Eric Roma from the Dr. Roto Show. So just a really, really competitive uh, group, which was, again, just absolutely awesome. Um, now, if I can figure out how to log in, what I'm going to be showing you is our mock draft, not mock draft or live draft, uh, but the actual board. And this is the problem when you have passwords saved in your, in your normal computer. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to log out on Safari if it lets me. Of course, it doesn't want to let me right now. I'm going to, oh, here we go. If I log out there and then log back in, I will be able to see. Oh, I see what I'm doing. I had the wrong username. So give me a little break. This is what happened when JB's not hosting the show. You get the little, little technical difficulties. You know, he's going to bust me after. But once we get flowing here, we're going to crank it up. All right, this should do it now. I got the right actual. There we go. I'm in money. Let me save that. Draft board grid i am in now the only thing i don't like i'm going to stop sharing just for a moment here to see if i could see the chat because i want to be able to answer your questions all right we got kevin in there hi right, kev what's going on man Corey, abolish it mfl you know mfl sleeper it's really interesting i am really i've been mfl historically but after doing the live draft in scott fishbowl i am i'm kind of shifted to the live drafts with sleeper man so Kudos to the to the sloop, sleep, sleeper crew in here. That'll go for the bloopers reel. So let me go back to sharing my screen. And I'm going to show you the mock draft, and we're going to walk through this. And I think I could go back and forth and be able to see the chat and answer any questions that you have. All right, we're going to be in business now. And then I'm going to take you also tonight to Josh ADHD's um, Spike Week board for ADP, a great tool if you're not using it for Scott Fishbowl. And even if you're not in Scott Fishbowl, man, 25, 3,000 people, you see some pretty cool stuff. So I'm going to get back to that. But here's the draft board. So as I mentioned, in round one, quarterbacks, quarterbacks premium was at a, you know, quarterback scoring was at a premium. Similar to our super flex leagues, especially when we're 14, 16 teams deep, quarterbacks are hot. Here, the only little like, against the grain was Kyler Murray going first. But I think the reason for that is everyone who had 101 who was taking a quarterback is obviously going to be going after the Josh Allens, maybe some Mahomes, maybe, you know, you get a little bit different. Not everyone's taking Kyler Murray. So Shane is the worst here, went a little bit different and says, hey, if I'm going to go from the 101, I'm going to take a different approach, go with Kyler. I don't know if I would have done it myself. I know you got to differentiate when you're competing against 2,500 people, but I'm not a big Kyler guy, as, as a lot of people know. I think there's a talent there, but I'm, I'm just not liking that Arizona Cardinal situation. His health, he kind of peters out later in the season. I have some concerns. Josh Allen went number two, Patrick Mahomes three, Herbert four, Burrow five to coach dan here i was really excited about that and i am super high on burrow i think in a league that rewards efficiency i go again i know it's not a dynasty league but what he showed in the second half you know late last season and the postseason i think he's really re ready to sling the rock and that cincinnati offense is only gonna get better the offensive line's already betting this offseason so i expect him to protect him more which should only lead to more production i don't think anything's gonna plateau plateau there Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey were the bell cow backs that went in the first round. Other than that, everything was quarterbacks. I could see that. I know for all our listeners, whether you're in dynasty or again, as you're shifting your mindset to redraft, 
I mean, anytime you get a back that's going to get the volume of these guys, go for it. I would not be worried about Christian McCaffrey's health this season, even in Dynasty. I think he's got some good years ahead of him. He's still relatively young for a running back, and um, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. So I wouldn't shy away there at all, especially now getting Baker Mayfield. He has just enough of an upgrade of a quarterback um, to help keep that offense on the field a little bit, a little bit longer. Lamar Jackson – Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Now, this is where, hey, we talked about if you have a league that has a quarterback premium and we're, we're trying to shift away from the dynasty brain for a little bit in our home leagues, whatever it may be, hey, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, there's no reason you know to have two of the greatest quarterbacks, the GOAT and Brady, who's got all the offensive weapons around him. There shouldn't be any reason, I, I don't think, to be concerned about Brady this year. And then Aaron Rodgers, same thing. I know we're all going to miss Devontae Adams on there, so maybe the ceiling's a little less. Maybe they lean on the the run game a little bit more, but he's still Aaron Rodgers. I, I feel like he can make any offense good, as long as he has the O-line to protect him, the run game to take the pressure off, which he does. And I think there's enough uh, weapons in that offense. It may be a little bit of a slow start. You know, you're getting Christian Watson acclimated. Um, you know, they've got to just get, find some new chemistry in that offense, but I think they get there. And then Russ Wilson, I think he's going to be rejuvenated in Denver. This is another guy. It was a hall of fame trajectory career. And then, okay. Yeah. I know he's getting up there a little bit, but he's still younger than Brady and Rogers. And look at how many good years these guys are having. So if he could just show he's healthy, which again, no reason to think he shouldn't with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, I, I think big Russ is back in this conversation of quarterbacks and then Dak rounds out the first round so again if we're in redraft versus dynasty if this is dynasty that goes ahead of a bunch of these guys here specifically rogers brady and russ but in redraft depending on what you think of the cowboys this year you know i'm a cowboy homer um i love dak this is actually the first year i didn't take him in the scott fishbowl going with joey burrow early and i didn't get the opportunity for him to slide to me in the second round otherwise i would have doubled up took two quarterbacks and took my boy but you know, I could be not biased and put a guy like Burrow or Herbert in, in front of them, um, you know, outside of C.D. Lamb, who I think is going to take a big jump this year. I do like Dalton Schultz. They got questions on the rest of their receiving corps. I don't know how quick Tolbert's going to grow, when Gallup's going to come back. You know, if teams figure out how to kind of contain C.D. Lamb at certain points, you know, is there any struggles? Does the O-line stay healthy? There's just more question marks there than I would have with some of those, you know, Joe Burrow, for example, in Cincinnati. So we, we will see. Then he goes back and he, he takes Justin Jefferson. All right, now we're getting into the elite wide receivers. You got, you know, Jefferson, Cup, um, Chase. They're the guys we're looking at. JJ was the first one to go off the board here. And then Travis Kelsey. So now we, we talked about tight end premium. Again, Dynasty, we're starting to get a little bit worried about Kelsey. He's not going in the first round like he used to, even in a redraft format like this with the quarterback premium. He didn't go in the first round. Um, and then ultimately, I'm going to start zipping through these early rounds more because I know a lot of our uh, listeners are in the further rounds. But And I will get into a little bit more of the strategy, but I'm kind of setting it up here with these first two rounds. Internet just got choppy there for a second. So if you lost me for a second, hang tight. I'm back. Kelsey, then the quarterback run continued here. Okay, you got Derek Carr, Jalen Hurts, high upside this year with the Raiders offense, with Hurts and the Eagles offense. Those guys could be gems. In Dynasty, maybe we're a little more concerned about Hurts because Eagles have some draft capital. They could potentially go in a different direction next year. In a redraft-type format in your home league or in the Scott Fishbowl, we're not worried about it. He has all the weapons around him. There is some concern about his efficiency, I think he takes another leap with his work ethic and then having A.J. Brown added, Devontae Smith, another year more experienced. O-line is stacked. I'm actually, as a Cowboys fan, I'm a little bit worried about the Eagles. I'm hoping Jalen Hurts doesn't take that next stride or else uh, the Cowboys could be runner up in that division very easily. But I'm, I'm kind of banking on Dallas having a better defense and a better quarterback. We'll see. Then from there, Cooper Cup goes. So we talked about those elite receivers. You know, so a lot of these teams early are kind of, we had two teams that double stacked a quarterback with the Rodgers Hurts combo and then the Brady Carr combo. Other than that, it's mixing it up a little bit. McCaffrey, Stafford, G JT, and Cousins. Cousins in a high efficiency league, redraft type format. You might take him a little bit earlier. Najee Harris. Now, this was the toughest decision I had in this draft. My goal going in, you know I like stacks if you follow me in the Discord, especially when it's DFS season. 
and, and I, I kind of cheat to all formats. I think if your guy's going to have a good season, your quarterback's going to have a great season. I want that running back or his weapons that he's going to be throwing to this year. So if I get their number one weapon, great. If I could get, you know, secondary weapons, great. But in this case, I went into this draft thinking I was going to get, looking at ADP, having an idea, doing a bunch of mocks before the draft. I thought I was going to come out with Burrow Chase, Tua, and Tyreek Hill, or if Hill got sniped, I would get Waddle. So it came to me here at 208, and Chase was on the board just like I wanted. But the only thing in all the mocks, Najee Harris went before me. I wanted my bell cow running back, my anchor running back. Harris was the only guy left on the board as far as my elite running backs. Eckler, I'm, I, I just I worry he's not going to score as many touchdowns this year. Hopefully, this is some advice as you guys go into your redraft leagues too, thinking where these guys are, are landing. Um, Eckler, I love him this year. I love that Chargers offense. If I had Herbert in the first round, maybe I would have went Eckler for that stack. Um, but I could see some regression and touchdowns there, and I, I see you know Herbert maybe throwing for a few more. And then Derrick Henry, you know, again, it's it is half point PPR here. So, but. That Titans offense losing A.J. Brown, they've got a lot of ifs. Does Traylon Burks make up for A.J. Brown? Um, does my boy in the in the slot um, – yeah, I'm drawing a blank here on, on the rookie receiver they drafted in the slot. I'm hoping he projects as a starter there and gets in there. But we're relying on two rookies in that passing game. Um, I'm definitely concerned. Does Austin Hooper become a weapon? I'm not sure. So I got there's a lot of concerns in Tennessee. I can see him stacking that box at Henry – coming off an injury, getting a little bit older. Um, I, I think he's a freak, so I don't think the wheels fall off Henry just yet, but I'm going to go in a different direction. So to me, Najee, with, when I look at the backups behind him, I don't see anybody touching his carries or touches. Uh, I have no worries of anybody behind him, similar to McCaffrey, although Dante Foreman comes in this year, and I kind of like Dante Foreman. You know, does Foreman snipe a couple of touchdowns or take a few carries to keep McCaffrey healthy? Maybe Carolina has a little better effort. And then Jonathan Taylor, I just, I mean, he's just, I think, the best running back in football. But I do see Naeem Hines sniping him from time to time and having a role. I don't think anyone has a role at Najee. You got Trubisky and maybe eventually Pickett as the quarterbacks. They got to take pressure off. I think Najee Harris could have a McCaffrey type Taylor type potential year. So I just couldn't turn that up, man. That, that was the reason with my thinking there. And then the round wound up with the tight ends. We talked about that tight end premium. Kelsey was off the board early. Then Pitts and Andrews went next. So the first two rounds were really interesting, really competitive. It wasn't really in this format in any big surprises. Then it went third round reversal. If you're in any, in any leagues with the third round reversal, you know, here's where I would be hoping, okay, I'd be coming up next, but I wasn't because now we're going back to that team that picked last is going first again. So it was going to be a little bit of a longer wait to me. And I was hoping maybe Jamar Chase would slide to me and I could still get my stack. But unfortunately, what I've been seeing in a lot of these Scott Fishbowl leagues is teams love to stack Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. And how can you not? Like that is just scary good at wide receiver. So we got a team here starting off with Prescott, Jefferson, and Chase. And then they know the, the quarterback premium score, and they went with Justin Fields as their next quarterback. And, man, sorry if that paused. I, there's like these little one-second internet glitches. But I don't know if I would have punted and, and waited for Matty Ice. He ended up going in this round anyway. So I guess Justin Fields for his upside and his rushing upside might have been the way to go. But I'm really concerned about the Chicago Bears. If you look at the Bears this year, and I'm on the Mooney train. I like Montgomery a lot. But who else are they throwing to? Some people say, hey, maybe the receivers are a little underrated. But you're starting that sentence with what? Byron Pringle? Old man Vilas Jones is a rookie and already old. I know they got speed. But speed only matters so much if you can't run routes. So I like Cole Komet too. But if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm going to double team Darnell Mooney. I'm going to stack the box a lot. To, to not let Montgomery get going. And I'm going to blitz that weak offensive line of the Bears and send pressure on fields. So unless that old line gets together and surprises us, that Chicago Bear team could be in trouble. So he gambles on fields. I might have punted quarterback another round or two at that point and wait for a Mac Jones, um, if not Matty Ice. 
again, playing with fires, we're looking at quarterback efficiency. But if I'm going to roll the dice, I, I mean, I'd even roll down to Danny Dimes. I know that sounds gross, but I kind of believe in that new Giants coaching staff and some of those weapons around him with Barkley in the backfield and Kadarius Tony. Again, I didn't like it enough to go there, but you know, just a little bit of my thinking instead of Fields. If it was Dynasty, love Fields. This is not a knock against Justin Fields in any way whatsoever. But I do get concerned um, of what Fields could do this year. So then, you know, we're going back to taking, you know, key guys, Mike Evans, James Conner, Kamara. Kamara could be a steal in the fourth round. You know, if that suspension or suspected suspension is short, we're hearing it is. He was drafted by um, the, the fantasy lawyer there in um, Drew Davenport. So him having some conviction there on taking Kamara makes me think the risk is not that great and, and get him in the fourth round. Keenan Allen, great pick. If you're big on Herbert, that's, you know, he's kind of always underrated and goes there. My boy, uncle Lenny, did I tell you I played basketball with Leonard Fournette? If I didn't ask me that story sometime, but you know, he goes in the fourth round here, solid running back digs. And then, Oh, I'm even like skipping rounds here. We're in the, in the fourth round. Tyreek Hill went, I took Tua in the third I don't know if I would have took Lamb if he slid to me. Um, Trey Lance went before me. I did like that Trey Lance upside. I was between Tua and Lawrence in the third. And what came down to it for me was who am I stacking Trevor Lawrence with? You know, Marvin Jones really late. Um, LaVisca, my boy, is a fourth receiver on that team now. Uh, I'm just not feeling super confident with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, Dynasty, I'd take Lawrence. Redraft-type format, i take Tua. There's just way too many weapons in my mind with stacking him with Tyreek Hill, which I was able to do in the next round there. Um, there's just not enough, I think, firepower. And with, the, again, quarterback efficiency potentially being penalized, I think Lawrence is going to have a much better season, going to have some really good games this year. But I think he's still going to have some struggles on occasion when the Jacksonville offense struggles, especially versus a very good defense. I know Mitch has been on me about Tua, but I am super high on Miami. I was last year. Again, I'm looking back and reflecting on it. Coaching concerns last year. Offensive weapons missing. I mean, it was just Waddle all the way and Gusecki on occasion. You throw Tyreek Hill in there with, again, hopefully a proved offensive line. Chase Edmonds out of the backfield. Um, he's got a lot to work with this year. Um, Chubb, Javante Williams, Barkley, all those stud running backs are going and then it circled on back to the fourth round where we had the, you know, the A.J. Brown's Matty Ryan, which I mentioned. Um, so, yeah, third round reversal. So Matty Ryan was off the board. Then he took field. So that, that makes sense. You know, if you think, hey, he's the most highest upside quarterback, you're going for upside in such a big tournament. I still might have slid and went with efficiency with someone else. I'm not sure. That, that, that is one of those, I think, tough decisions in the draft. So I don't know if anyone in the chat here tonight is in the Scott Fish Bowl has any questions we're starting to get to the the middle rounds of scott fishbowl drafts now which are really interesting you see all the quarterbacks going off the board early here so now in these middle rounds it's how do you build your roster if you are on that train of building those two quarterbacks within the first three four rounds with most teams did then you get to those points where we're, you know so we're, you have the big four tight ends and if you take one of those big four tight ends, you're probably a little thinner at running back or receiver. If you don't take those big four tight ends, when do you get the next one? I waited to round nine. Um, for me, you know, in this chart here, tight ends are highlighted in orange. I wanted to get uh, as many running back receiver potential studs as possible. And that is why after Tyreek Hill, I went with Cam Akers in the fifth round. Super high on Cam Akers. You know, he's the one guy maybe – of my sleepers this year. I don't even know if I call him a sleeper, but guys that I am high on that I'm worried about. All right. He's the one I hope I'm not wrong about, but I I'm, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I've traded for him in dynasty leagues. It's the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, I think I mentioned the last dynasty theory pod. He's skipped vacation this year. He's at the facility working out 8 a.m. every day. Two years ago, I just absolutely loved him on film. So I think he's two years removed, you know, now from that injury. I expect a return to health for Cam Akers. Round five, I had a little bit of a reach with Gabe Davis. All right. Now, actually, before I, I skipped to Gabe Davis, Cam Akers, my decision was Cam Akers or Zeke Elliott. 
Um, and I'm a Cowboys fan. How about that? But Tony Pollard's there in um, Dallas as well. Again, some questions there. I just was slightly higher on acres, and, and that's where I went. I was also looking at bye weeks a little bit here during the Scott Fish Bowl. Again, when we get to the playoffs, I did. I have only one guy, and this is a good tip as you guys are drafting. Redraft, you may not have to worry. You won't have to worry about this as much. But in Scott Fishbowl, the playoffs start in week 12. Other than my fantasy sleeper, Tommy Tremble, all my guys' buys are week 11 or before. So when I get to the playoffs in Scott Fishbowl, which I am determined to, I will not have to worry about bye week. So hopefully that theory pans out. Um, then I took Gabe, Gabe Davis, like I said, in round five. Now, this was really hard. So it came to me with Gabe Davis. Um, Rashad Bateman went two picks before me, Court and Sutton three. I was not taking Sutton. I'm higher on Judy. Bateman, if I had Lamar Jackson, I would have went with that stack, but I didn't. So at that point, I went with Gabe Davis. And I was between Gabe. McLaurin was on the board, but I'm like anti-Washington and Wentz. Mike Williams is probably the guy maybe I should have took. Um, DK Metcalf was a guy I was considering. I just Geno Smith and Drew Locke still scare me. I'm, I am holding hope Jimmy Garoppolo goes there, even though it's an interdivision trade. Uh, those rumors are surfacing. We'll see. Um, Mike Williams, if I had Herbert, I definitely would have went with him. Um, but I'm just really high, super high on that Buffalo offense. And part of my strategy was a stack with a playback. If you don't know what this is, I do this a ton in DFS. And I kind of look at this big tournament as when you get to the playoffs as a DFS bracket. So in week 17, the you'll remember, I think last year, was it was it week 17? I think it was late in the year. It was to, to get into the playoffs, the Bills and the Chiefs. And it went like triple overtime. It was like a beyond shootout. It was a fantasy football dream. You get those games that are going to have a projected Vegas over under of like, you know, over 50 points. And you have fantasy guys from both teams and that game does go off. You are scoring a lot of fantasy points. Now, I get like there's no guarantees of me getting to week 17. I got to win my division first, but I'm banking on my rankings and all my offseason studying to help me win the division. So if I, you know, go with Gabe Davis instead of Mike Williams, this isn't dynasty. I'm not really sweating that. I think both players will help win games at certain weeks. But if I don't win this whole tournament, it's not a win to me. Just like DFS or best ball even. Um, another great example, same thing I'm doing in best ball. My goal is to win the whole million dollars, the whole pot. You know, if I win the division and I get a couple hundred bucks, that's great. And Scott Fishbowl, if I win my division and, and get that pride, that's awesome. But I am in it to win the whole entire thing. So to do that, I know I've got to exceed in those playoff weeks. And in week 17, if I'm there, I don't want my best guys going up against maybe a, a tough defense or not an ideal matchup, or I have my best guys, who are they playing? In week 17 this year, the Bills are playing the Bengals. There's no reason Joey Burrow and Josh Allen should not shoot out. So I got Burrow. Unfortunately, I did not get Chase, nor did I get T. Higgins. So I had to use secondary stacks later on with Hayden Hurst and uh, I think I got Tyler Boyd. Did I get my yeah, I did. Um, so I got you know they're going to have good games too. It's not always going to be Burrow and Chase's teams try to defend and stop them. So I've got a Cincinnati Bengals stack that I think is going to do really good all year. And then in Week 17, when that matchup happens, I have Gabe Davis, who I'm banking going off. You know, hopefully I get that four touchdown game again. And I have Dawson Knox, who I think is going to have a real good year, was my first tight end taken. So that's the, the, the you know, playback theory. I know in our um, underdog uh, channel there in our Discord, we have a, a, best ball, a lot of best ball conversations. We talk a lot about those Week 17 stacks. We even look at Week 16 to get to Week 17. You know, so I started looking, okay, who's a good matchup? You know, if I have Mahomes in Week 17, they're playing the Broncos. Man, I could see a Patrick Mahomes, Russ Wilson shootout, okay? And in some best ball leagues, I have that stack. Week before, week 16, I think uh, the I think uh, the Broncos play the Rams. They could have shootouts two weeks in a row. So if you really look at week 16 and week 17 schedule, you're going to get some really good tips. 
um, some really good information maybe that could, could kind of alter your drafts a little bit. So that's why that was one of the main reasons, other than thinking he's going to have a breakout year, I went with Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is a 22-year-old dynasty, uh, to me, prospect, a guy that's getting better every year. I don't think that four-touchdown game was a complete fluke. All right, I don't think he's going to get four touchdowns. He may not get a four. I, I doubt he's going to get a four-touchdown game all year this year, but I think he's going to have some two-touchdown games. Um, I think he's going to have a lot of catches as teams try to – takes Stefan Diggs out and I in dynasty I will, would like to be that guy that when Diggs declines I've got the Bills next number one receiver which could be Gabe Davis uh, so I, I think there's definitely something there then I went Miles Sanders just looking at that Eagles offensive line and offense I know the Eagles backs are frustrating but to have uh, three really solid running backs I felt that could allow me to look at some other positions be as competitive as anybody at running back competitive as anybody at quarterback Tyreek Hill, Gabe Davis, really confident in them. And then I went Jerry Judy to complete my three starting receivers. Again, banking on Judy being the C.D. Lamb I hoped he was going to be when he was drafted. I think with Russ Wilson, there's a good chance that happens. And, and with a clean bill of health, I got my tight end, as I mentioned, in Knox. And then I went Devonta Smith, who I love Devonta Smith. I loved him coming out. He was my favorite wide receiver in his class. And uh, despite my Eagles hate, I'm able to put that aside here um, in this format and have him as a flex option. I follow that up with Brandon Ayuk. I am not buying the first half of Ayuk season last year. I'm buying um, the second half of Ayuk season there. One question here, when did Ertz go? So someone's probably looking at their, their tight end situation. Zach Ertz, to me, is one of the most interesting players. Zach Ertz went in round seven, 7.6. Uh, in this draft went Zach Ertz, tight end nine overall. I struggle with that. I know he just gets open and became a Kyler Murray favorite, but when you kind of you draft Trey McBride and then you bring in Hollywood Brown, Hopkins will be back the second half of the season. Rondell Moore should step up a little bit. They don't have Chase Edmonds, so there's some catches out of the backfield that maybe disappear. Unless you know, I don't know. I think Connor's going to be a bell cow, um, so he's got a lot of value there. But I like Ertz, but him going round six, I can't see taking him in front of Pat Fryermuth, who went in the eighth. My boy Dawson Knox, who went in the ninth. Gasecki, who I wanted to, I was would have liked him in my Tua stack, who went in the 10th round. Um, I'd even sleep on Irv Smith in the 11th round or Cole Komet in the 11th round. If you like Nujoko in the 12th round. Noah Fant, if he gets Jimmy Garoppolo, went in the 14th round. Hunter Henry was a touchdown monster last year, went in the 14th round. Um, Gerald Everett's one of my sleepers. I got him in the 15th round. Uh, I, and I know he's a sleeper every year, so I use that very loosely. I don't, if you don't get any of the big four tight ends, I mean, you're just loading up on tight ends and seeing who hits for you. So I, I like to get multiple tight ends if I don't get the big ones. So for me, I was very happy going heavy running back wide receiver and then getting Knox, Gerald Everett with Herbert. Now, always seems to happen. All right, we're back here. Again, if, if, if I ever have like that one minute, 30 seconds, it's only been like 10, 30 seconds, 10 to 30 seconds. I get this little internet glitch. Just, just have a drink, have a toast. I'll toast you right now. Thanks, Owen. I appreciate you, man, there complimenting the show. Again, a little different twist in our, our normal dynasty theory here this weekend. Again, JB is just coming back from vacation. You know, another newborn in the house. Mitchell's doing important things to this for the state of Utah. So that they, they let me come out and play and do a, little Scott Fishbowl redraft special, but great question on Ertz there. I'm, I'm happy um, that one was brought up because his landing spot is beyond intriguing to me in, in, in Scott Fishbowl here. So as we're going through these rounds, and I mentioned I took the Devonta Ayuk in rounds 10 and 11, then round 12 got really hard for me. Um, I was starting to look at the running back board and it was really thinning out. So keep that in mind. Like, I'm seeing some teams punt running back in those rounds where they're not crazy about these guys. And I'm going to list these guys for you. And I, and I really want to have a conversation about them because even in Dynasty, they are really intriguing to me. Whether it's Dynasty or your home draft or Scott Fishbowl. Montgomery and the Bears, I'm concerned about that they're going to just stack that line and there's no ceiling for Montgomery. I like him as a running back. Like I, I, I love him having the Dallas Cowboys. Love David Montgomery as a running back. I don't love him on the Chicago Bears this year because of the situation. At Josh Jacobs, I think he's a free agent this year. I'm worried some guys are going to snipe his touches. 
There's a little bit of uncertainty with them, but I like them a lot. I just love that Raiders offense. They're not going to stack the box. Good luck covering Adams, Renfro, and uh, Waller. That's just going to be, I think, a very efficient offense. Travis Etienne, I I think there's pedigree there. I mean, that guy was, man, he was blazing out of Clemson. You know, I really liked his potential. Um, I think he's going to be their guy. I think it's going to be a while before James Robinson comes back. But James Robinson will eventually come back. Jags are still developing. Again, in redraft format, there's some uncertainty. Brees Hall, I love. He's going in the middle. But again, Jets, I'm thinking the Jets are just like a year away. That's a little bit of my take on, on the New York Jets. I look at that offense. I'm greatly intrigued about them. It's kind of like, you know, some offenses last year I was intrigued by. Some of them panned out. Some of them didn't. The Bengals panned out. You know, it took them a little while to get going, but they panned out. Carolina, once McCaffrey went down and never came to fruition, the quarterback situation got worse. Um, Miami, I liked. It wasn't quite all there. Um, trying to think who I had in last year's sleepers. But I, I had, like, some offenses. I was, I was probably, like, 50-50. But sometimes it's just one year too early. So this year I'm like, man, look at those, you know, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson. They are some talented dudes. Um, both running backs in Hall and Moore are weapons. Uh, they, they've, I think got a Zomad tight end makes them a little bit better at that position as well. I love Braxton Berrios as a slot receiver. Very talented dude. Corey Davis is your third or fourth wide receiver. So they've got talent. And their O-line's a bit better as well. Zach Wilson's still in year two. I think there's still some development for this offense. So I'm tempering my expectations for it to blow up. I think they're going to have some really good games. I think they're going to have some tough games. It's going to be, I think, a fun team to watch. They're going to have to score to win. I'm interested to see what their strategy is, is how much they could control the ball on the ground, drafting Brees Hall and still having Michael Carter. I think either of those guys could keep the chains moving. So some really intriguing running backs in that class. And I would add to it, Miles Sanders, again, just really liking that Eagles offense, knowing he does have the talent. It's just a matter of, will they give him more touches this year? Antonio Gibson, I'm a little bit off the Washington situation, but he's going in this range. Um, I think I could see Brian Robinson dipping into those carries. McKissick, even though Wentz doesn't like checkdowns, he does get involved. Um, I am a bit concerned about Gibson. Elijah Mitchell, I like a lot, but and you always know how that Niners situation goes. He's got to prove that he's durable. I like the, the, the draft pick and price. I'm still holding a little bit of hope on Trey Sermon. We'll see. Um, the Seattle situation, you got Kenneth Walker and Brandt, uh, uh, Mr. Penny there. So we'll see who stays uh, healthy and if that offense could continue to move. There's some potential in those guys. I love the New England backs, Harris and Stevenson. And uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I mean, I and I know it's we're beating a dead horse here, but if there was every year, I struggle to believe in Rojo. Um, I think he's got a potential for a red, zone, a red zone role, unless Rojo does dip into just that. Then you're relying on the catches, which we know Rojo can't do, and the volume and some occasional touchdowns. Um, I think he could have a very good year. But again, you got to pick your poison of those running backs, and you could talk yourself out of every single one of them. And if you do, then you're going to end up looking at Chase Edmonds is sliding. He went in the 11th round here. I think it's a very good value pick there. But everyone else, we're getting into handcuffs. I'm not on Cordell Patterson. I'm not on Melvin Gordon. I don't mind taking them as depth, okay, because I did that with Michael Carter. He was a guy that was hoping Brees Hall wouldn't go to the Jets. It did happen. But I think Michael Carter's one of the best number two, along with Ramondre Stevenson, one of the best number two running backs in the National Football League. Kareem Hunt put him in that class. The Bills situation is interesting with Singletary and Cook. All right, but you see how this is thinning out. If you fade those running backs and you miss out on the Akers, the Jacobs, you know, the Gibsons, the Walkers, like whoever, your running backs are going to be Marlon Mack, Kenneth Gainwell. You're going to be banking on a handcuff to come through, and I didn't want to be in that situation. So I'm three deep at running back with a solid handcuff with number four with Michael Carter, and then I just loaded up wide receivers and um, to, to really complement the rest of my roster. And I think that's a solid Scott Fish strategy. Um, when we looked back at last year's Scott Fishbowl winners, and probably, again, going to go to your home leagues, a lot of times you win because of that middle-round pick that just blew up, all right? Cooper Cup was not a first-round pick a year ago. Debo Samuel was not a first-round pick last year. They were not second-round picks last year. They went in those, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth rounds and blew up. <clears throat> so for me, I'm hoping Gabe Davis, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, if one of those guys, Brandon Ayuk, 
could have a blow up year, I've got something special there. I mentioned handcuff him, uh, getting Boyd as a secondary stack with, with Burrow. And then I took Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker, I love this year. Around 14, I truly believe he is going to be the number one wide receiver for Mac Jones in New England. In the games he played last year in Miami, he was a number one um, receiver there with Waddle. He was getting high volume of targets. I think he was like somewhere like five to eight targets a game. Really good volume. He's a good red zone guy. And now he goes to New England. He's going to be their X wide receiver. And he's probably not coming off the field. All right. You know, let Aguilar and Myers have their certain roles. But when it's two receivers and it's two tight ends or, or two receivers and a tight end, two backs, it's going to be Parker on the field all the time. He's not coming off the field very often. So I, I think to get a number one wide receiver on any team, um, I think Mac Jones is going to take a step this year in New England. I do trust Belichick to continue to grow that offense. Um, I, I think Parker could have a real good year. Then I mentioned going my tight ends. And then in round 17, we're going really deep here. I was just looking for some upside. I took George Pickens. I, I love the Steelers, even though I'm, I'm high in the run game with Harris. And, and I know there's some concerns with Trubisky and Pickett. Um, I love their receivers. They may not be that deep, which is good for my pick here. And, and, and Pickens, this is the one time maybe I went with my dynasty brain because, you know, I didn't want Sterling Shepard. I didn't want Sammy Watkins. I didn't want to regurgitate. Um, the same guys that are going every year. I like them more, uh, Pickens more than the Tolberts and the Wendell Robinsons. Pickens was a first-round draft pick pedigree. So he slid a little bit. They say it was off-the-field off stuff. It was, you know, coming off an injury. I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan. The dude's a stud. Um, if Claypool or Johnson, uh, Johnson went down by any chance, he could be the wide receiver too. And, again, I, I think he's a kid that has – wide receiver one potential. So in round 17, really late like this, um, I just love the prospect of, of getting George Pickens. Then I took Garoppolo in the 18th, looking at quarterback opportunity, just because this was, I, you have to make a decision in your leagues. You're going to, you're going to be thin somewhere. So I says, Hey, if Burrow or Tua go down, I'm probably going down too. If one of them going down, Hey, I'll try to buy some time with flex plays. Um, I did throw a dart here at Garoppolo as he was just one of those guys real late on the board. I says, you know what? If he does get traded, he's got an opportunity. If a guy goes down, he's probably one of the best backups in the league. So I did get a quarterback to give me a little bit depth. depth. And Scott Fishbowl, Fab's going to go quick. I believe you get a $100 budget. I don't know if they changed that this year. But either way, if a quarterback comes available, people are going to blow their Fab on it big time. So I wanted to have that. There's no trades in this league. Um, so I do get a quarterback option. Mentioned you could get kickers. Now, last year I drafted, I think, two, three kickers. I might have three at one point. I did use them on occasion and they were steady. They give you some like consistent points. Um, you want, you know, someone on a real high scoring offense, but more often than not, they just stood on my bench. So I didn't want a lot of dead weight and I didn't want to draft multiple kickers this year, but I do see the value. So I had like, you know, my top five of kickers, Justin Tucker and Evan McPherson went the, the two rounds before McPherson was the first kicker in round 16 in this league. Now, mind you, this is a bunch of sharps in this league. These guys are good. Um, first one went in round 16, and then Tucker went in round 18. So once those two were off the board, I knew it was getting close. And I think Tyler Bass and um, Harrison Buckner and Nick Folk went before me. I did not want Nick Folk, so I was happy he was gone. My top five were McPherson, Tucker, Buckner, Bass, and Daniel Carlson and the Raiders. And my goal was to get one of my top five. Carlson was there. Man, he was awesome. He had ice in his veins last year, and he could blast those 50-yarders. They expanded kicker scoring this year in Scott Fishbowl. Again, normally I'm anti-taking kickers in leagues, but if there is a place for them, I want to get them at value. I don't want to reach for them because the difference in score kicking often isn't that great either. So I know whether I had one or five, probably it's probably going to be pretty close versus you know passing up a potential breakout receiver or backup running back. I will use Carson if I, the injury bug hits me. If the Vegas uh, Raiders have a game where the Vegas totals are like 50 or over, it's going to be a shootout, high-scoring game. Uh, you know, I might insert Carlson into a flex play on a certain week. But again, I didn't want to take a kicker at a point where I was losing the chance to get a potential stud. Um, then the last three rounds, these are our flyer rounds, right? These are our deep, deep sleepers. Um, who could, you know, odds these picks aren't going to pan out. And in Scott Fishbowl, the whole second half of the draft, a lot of the championship teams last year too, second half of their roster wasn't anything stellar in these drafts. You know, again, once teams that 
were in it to win it had those big breakout receivers you know tight end premium uh, stud tight ends if they had a big year um you know they were solid at the quarterback position so i made sure i had all those staples now we get these last three rounds I needed a fifth running back. You know, this was where I slid. I was debating, you know, earlier rounds, the Dante Foremans, the Sony Michels, the Kenyon Drakes. And I, I just couldn't bring myself to take those guys when I can get a potential tight end premium starting tight end, uh, Devontae Parker, that could be a wide receiver one, um, the, the talent of a George Pickens. So I, I slid on that fifth running back. Again, if my top running backs don't stay healthy and make it, I'm probably in trouble anyway. So I did take a running back here and, and just went with Trey Sermon. He's in the mix. Um, hey, what, what, what if uh, TD Price there is not quite ready yet? What if Elijah Mitchell gets hurt again? You, we've seen this time and time again with Niners running backs. You know, maybe he's matured. He's definitely was in great shape last year. He just, I think it was a maturity thing, learning the playbook, being NFL ready. Sometimes that there is a learning curve for prospects and, you know, I hate to give up on a guy I was high on completely. So at a point where there's no risk in round 20, I took Trey Sermon. Round 21, I took my boy Devin Duvernay. And I want to talk about that a little bit. A lot of people who have Lamar are looking for those secondary Raven stacks. And I was listening to another show today, and they were talking about Tylon Wallace approach, the, the tight ends that they drafted. I'm not buying that. <laughs> I truly think Devin Duvernay is this team's number two wide receiver. Now, with that said, I still waited to round 21 because I do think they're going to run the ball a lot. I do think, you know, you got the Lamar show. I think Bateman's the number one guy or Andrews, however you want to frame that. You know, Andrews is probably their number one target and then Bateman, their number one receiver. So they don't – and they're showing by drafting more tight ends. They're probably going to run ball, the ball more and use the tight ends a bit more. But Devin Duvernay last year was kind of a sleeper of mine. And I think I was just a year early, you know, it took them moving some guys. Um, they've kind of told you what they're doing by the receivers. that let go by not bringing anyone else in. Um, he's working hard. He was also a Peter King sleeper a year ago. I think he went to the Ravens camp and really liked what he saw. He thought Duvernay was going to break out as well. Um, something, you know, guys lightning fast. Like when he gets the ball in the open field, he could go. So I think there's some production there to be had and, you know, again, if it doesn't pan out round 21, I cut him and I take the best waiver guy available, or I might do that with my round 20, my 22 pick, Tommy Tremble. All right, here's the thing with Tommy Tremble. No one's talking about him. He is the team's starting tight end. So in round 22, I got a starting tight end when teams were taking platoon tight ends, backup tight ends, like the Kylan Grantsons and the Foster Moreau's. Well, I like in Dynasty. I think they have a role on a deep roster. Gronk, who's retired, went. Taysom Hill, I thought, was a good pick. There, there's some sneaky upside there because that's another just freak of, an, freak of an athlete. You know, it just, you know, God doesn't make humans quite like um, to, uh, Mr. Taysom Hill there in New Orleans. So I thought that was interesting. But Troutman went a few rounds before. He's primarily a blocking tight end. Logan Thomas has injury concerns. Conklin's okay. Moali Cox is potential but he's more of a blocker too I mean, he's an athlete heck of an athlete so in round 22 i got a starting tight end who's just i'm telling you he's just nasty and um you know coach rule praised his upside saying the ceiling's the limit their team with some limited passing options although i do think terrence marshall is going to be good this year i'm kind of on that train again he got sniped before i ever got a chance to get him i was hoping to get him but unfortunately that didn't work out so that was my Scott Fishbowl draft. That was my strategy behind it. Um, hopefully I was able to touch on some of the sticking points of some of the other teams. If you have any other Scott Fishbowl questions, please let me know. And then I am going to stop sharing this screen and I'm gonna share one more, another tool I definitely wanna show everybody here that I think is very helpful. If you go to Twitter and follow Josh underscore ADHD, this is a very helpful tool. I'm pulling it up right now. All right, here it comes. So look at this tool, Scott Fishbowl. It is on spikeweek.com forward slash SFB forward slash, or you could get it from um, Josh's Twitter page, like I mentioned to you. It starts with a dashboard, and it shows you when the last quarterback one was to go. So like one team in a league – I think, where is it? Latest running back. 
his quarterback won like 11th round the Oak Street Flyers waited to get a quarterback I'd be really curious to see their roster um and I think I actually could look that up if you go on this and you see my team and you see the little handles here let's see if I can remember that guy's name Oak yep Oak Street Flyers so we saw he didn't take us the QB one to the 11th round when I click go he took Carson Wentz in the 11th so this guy went with the two t- tight ends early chase. Then he went, he went receiver running back heavy. So my guess with his strategy, and I, I don't know Oak Street flyers from Adams, but I'm just showing you kind of how this tool works. You see the little trends and then you can look at rosters. He went with the tight end premium and doubles that, you know, double dose there, Kelsey and Andrews, which has got a ton of upside and potential took an elite receiver and chase. So you can get a lot of scoring there. Didn't neglect running backs at all with Monty and Hall and then followed up with Mitchell and Cook. So he's four deep at running back. <clears throat> Took the potential to move it. Uh, Mooney, Alave, my boy Kadarius Tony, great value in the 10th round. That's where I'm seeing him going I'm on average. I can get into ADPs in a little bit here. So his theory must be, I believe, in, and he's differentiating himself because this isn't a common strategy because everyone wants the quarterbacks early. I showed you all these sharps in my league taking the two of their top quarterbacks in the first four rounds with most of them taking it in the first two or first three. And I think that's the overall trend. So this guy is definitely going to be different than the majority of the rosters. Now the problem is you only have one shot in the Scott fishbowl. That's why I want to do that. If this is best ball. Hey, I'm going to enter a bunch of lineups and I'm going to try one this way or two this way, or however many I, my, my, my payroll allows me to do, but He's saying, I'm going to get Wentz. And then my guess after Wentz, you know, maybe he's looking at a Danny Dimes, a Davis Mills, a Jared Goff. He is okay with those quarterbacks. I don't think they're going to be efficient enough. You lose a point per incompletion. All right. Wentz is going to have those point per incompletions and those interception games. And that could really hurt you in any given week. So I would be a little uh, hesitant to do that. But very interesting strategy. So now... And let me see how I'm doing on time here. I'm at the 52-minute mark. Look at that. I don't even have JB rambling. I don't have my boy Mitch and his pretty hair to distract me. And, and I'm, I'm 52 minutes into the show tonight. So there's there's definitely a lot of football to talk about. Um, more things, though, if you want to. So they're the trends. You know, last running back taken. One team, zero running back strategy, waited to the 11th round. One team waited to the eighth round to get a receiver. One team punted tight end all the way to the 16th round. We have, unfortunately, enough time to go through all these trends. Latest kicker, 22nd round. You see the little runs that go on in these leagues. You know, this um, Louisville, Kentucky League, nine picks in a row were a running back. The Star Wars League had a seven running back run. So there's a lot of different trends there. Most drafted teams, Bengals, Vikings, and Raiders are the three most drafted fantasy teams in the Scott Fish Bowl. 764 uh, teams took Cincinnati Bengals players, 668 for the for the Vikings. I told you that Raiders offense, 659 Raiders players went. Last drafted, least drafted teams. These must these guys, two of the three are in the, probably in my dysfunctional rankings. Definitely the Houston Texans. All right. Only 62 teams took Texans. And again, this is a draft with 2,500 to 3,000 teams. Now, again, they're still drafting. These numbers are going to change, but you're seeing the trends. Um, along with Houston was the Seattle Seahawks and the New England Patriots. So yeah, that's very interesting there. Um, lowest team ADPs. Kansas City, 16, average draft position, 16. I'm not even sure what that is right now. Fastest draft, Orlando Live right now is in the 15th round. Um, I don't know, I guess it's live, but maybe they're just doing, started, did most of it live, but not all of it. I know some of them were like that. Slowest draft, 103. There's actually a draft stuck at 103. I'm curious what that is. It might be a little skewed, those last two statistics this year, because there's drafts going at all different times in different formats. Um, Scott Fish got incredibly creative this year. Very impressive. ADP, this is awesome. Position by position. Josh Allen, um, average ADP 1.3. All right. ADP last five drafts, number one overall. Um High is one, low is five. Josh Allen has not went lower than five in any, any draft. Um, Allen's followed by Herbert, Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor, Lamar Jackson, my boy Joe, Joey Burrow, sixth. I'll take that. Some leagues, Joey Burrow went 13th. I could cry just thinking how Joey Burrow could possibly have went 13th in any draft. Whoever, Whatever division that is is like doing cartwheels right now. 
Kyler, Kyler Murray, seventh, Travis Kelsey, eighth, Christian McCaffrey, ninth, Tom Brady, 10th. Um, let me look at you go position by position. I'll show you running backs. My boy Najee, fifth. So Eckler and Henry is most often going before Najee, which kind of makes me happy a little bit because that makes my roster maybe a little bit different than most. All right. In these leagues, you want to be able to be different wherever you can. See Matt Bridges there pulling for you. And Najee, I know you are, Matt, man. That is, that's big, man. I'm your boy, Najee. I'm, I'm, I'm stealing your thunder a little bit. I'm going with your boy there. And then what's cool about this, you look at Najee. So I'll click on Najee. They have a who drafted him link. I don't know why Deontay Johnson came up, but I'm going to put Najee in this here, if I could spell. It tells you who drafted the player you, you took. And this is kind of neat for you, for you guys in the fishbowl still that are still drafting. There are certain people in the fantasy um, community that you follow, that you like to follow. You could put them in here. <laughs> you could find other people's teams and see who they're drafting. Um, I did that in past years when we were, you know, I was going round by round. And if there's someone I respect and they have a sleeper, this is what I'm going to find out if, who their sleeper is. There's some high stakes people that really you know, put some big money into redraft. Nelson Souza is, is one of them. He's a guy I followed in redraft for years. He's a big, big spender. So I'd like to see who he's drafting those mid later rounds, so forth and, and see uh, some of their strategies, but Najee drafted in 231 leagues, earliest pick one Oh three latest pick three eleven. Holy cow. RB eight. Like I can just cry again. Certain leagues. That's one of those like Scott fishbowl advantages. Sometimes you see some, some really values, for, you know, of guys fall, but here in Najee, it starts with this highest where he went 103 and then other teams that drafted him. So if you know any of these teams, and it just scrolls all the way down. So I will be interested to see who took Najee with me. Um, you could compare players. So Deontay Johnson just happens to be on my screen. So maybe you're trying to choose between Don Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin. I will put Terry's name in there with them, click go, and then it will show me where they are going in Scott Fishbowl. On average, Deontay Johnson's going 61st, Terry McLaurin's going 64th, three spots apart. That was a pretty good comparison by me there. I think uh, JB and Mitch would be proud. You see the minimum they went, you know, Johnson 38th, minimum for McLaurin was 49th, maximum for Johnson was 76th, McLaurin 82nd, and there's a nice little draft chart down there. Um, again, you can see everybody's teams. You see all these graphics blowing up Twitter of everybody's rosters. Um, put your name in there, get yours. I think you could double click on the picture and somehow screenshot it. And then you, then you have that. Um, if you're one of the prob probability, if you're, if you're an analytic guy and you want to see the probability of you getting a guy, there it is. Um, roster builds it shows everybody's roster builds, um, full rosters, partial rosters, I, you know, round one through 22, full rosters, you go by position, you know, the roster construction, if they took quarterback, running back, receiver, how many tight ends and so forth, breaks it down in percentage. So this tool is just absolutely awesome. I wanted to make sure you were aware of it, you knew about it, and uh, you had that information. So you got a lot of redraft, Scott Fishbowl analysis tonight. You got a good tool that I definitely wanted to show you. And let's see if I can make JB proud and do this right here. See, this is right. I need an intern. JB, can I have an intern for the next show? I definitely need that intern. I wanted to do the final thoughts clip, but I can't find the video. So I'm not going to mess it up. But my final thought tonight, if the inner child in you is coming out and you still pick up fantasy football magazines, this year I am asking that you pick up the Pro Forecast Fantasy Football Magazine. Why you ask plays to my heart. I share this on the Discord, so some of you already know this, and uh, but I'll show you a little more tonight. I did find the magazine. It was for sale at Walmart. I bought the last two copies in the Dixon City Walmart here in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania. As you open up, you will get Coach Dan's rankings and my little analysis and article. The analysis and article is what the analysis and article is what I am most proud of. All right. Cause these rankings are already very outdated. I have updated them so much. Um, I was fortunate last year, won the fantasy nation accuracy, uh, top rankings. So that's what kind of earned me a, an opportunity to be in the magazine. It's like living a, a kid's, um, 
dream here in uh, making a magazine. So that was absolutely awesome. And uh, I was able to pick it up tonight. But in my analysis, I gave my elite targets, my secondary targets, some sleepers, um, and a little bit of the rationale behind how my rankings changed. So if you have an opportunity, get this magazine, and then you, you know how to follow me on Twitter, FF Coach Dan. I'll be happy to go into rankings, to, you know, DM me, message me on the Discord, wherever you can get me. And I'm obviously always happy to help you all win your league. So just over an hour, JB's going to kill me. But when you let the kids come out and play, that's what happens. Good luck in your Scott Fishbowls, your redraft leagues, and look forward to talking some more Dynasty in our Discord. Have a good one, all. See you next week.